There was time now. There was, was all the time I needed. So I have really taken to testing Planet Fitness being judgment-free. I have been scream crying driver's license while running at full speed. And you know what? what? People may stare, but they <laughs> dare not judge. Oh my wait, so what does that actually entail? Like what are you what I'm what are you doing? Like, yeah, I'm just like running and like yelling, like, oh take me back, Steve. <laughs> My life has reached a new level of, of, of sad, I suppose. So, Oh, that's hilarious. All right. Well, on that note, happy first episode. I'm Ayana hanging out with Crystal to discuss the first part of The Silent Patient by Alex Migalides. So for this, I would like to give a serious disclaimer. Trigger warning before we get started. This book does contain some things, including suicide, self-harm, mental health. So if you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, please see the links in our description box to help, to get the help that you need. This is our first World Book Club meeting, Crystal, and we want to just thank everyone and let them know that we do not talk about the book before the getting together in in the book club and doing the episode. We actually want to organically talk to each other about the book and get feedback from each other, just as if this was a in-person regular book club. So the points and the answers that we're going to talk about and things that we're going to talk about is going to just be genuine, honest discussion. It might get heated, who knows? But with that said, let's break it down and get lost in this page turner. Welcome to Ayana and Crystal's book club. So first, why don't you give me a summary of the book? And please, please, please do not read it right off the bat, Crystal. I definitely thought about just reading it right off the back of the book. But (laughs) since we're only discussing the first half today, so we've read up to page 170. We stopped at chapter 25. So next time we'll read chapter 25 to the end. So since we only did the first half, I'm going to treat you guys to a little crafted summary of my own. So this is not taken from anywhere else. This is original. I feel like we need like some smooth jazz playing in the background or something. Yeah, I should have done this at like a cafe with like somebody (laughs) playing drums in the background. (laughs) So the book centers around Alicia Berenson, a famous painter who is happily married to a successful photographer. Happily married, that is, until she allegedly allegedly shoots him five times in the face. Then she never speaks again. Her refusal to speak on top of the already salacious murder catapults her to infamy while landing her at the Grove, a financially struggling insane asylum. Enter Theo Faber, douchebag, psychotherapist. He's admired Alicia's art and now has an opportunity to work with her directly as one of her therapists. He tries relentlessly to get her to speak as he seeks to uncover her motives for the murder. Will he be successful? Will he stay sane himself on his quest for the truth? I could spoil it right now. End it in like two seconds. Tell you plot twist 
everything. Okay. All right. All right. Calm down. Calm down. No spoilers yet. Okay. Do not spoil it. But let's just jump in, talk about some main characters, give our first impressions, thoughts. Like, let's just go over the people, the key players. Obviously, biggest person (laughs) of the book, Alicia. And do you, do we say Alicia or Elisa? Because it could be pronounced either way. Okay. I think it, I think it depends though. I mean, I think some people. Because I know, I know a girl and her her name is spelled exactly like that, but she pronounced it Alisa. But But, somebody that spells it just like that and they pronounce it Alicia. Yeah. Let us know. Send us um, some comments on social. Alex, if you're listening, (laughs) let us know. Alex, let us, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about her. My thoughts, first impression right off the bat, I felt bad for her. Like, I did. I'm not going to lie. Like, well, not because, you know, not off the first impression as far as like her being a murderer. (laughs) Oh, I always feel bad for people that that kill other people. (laughs) Okay, and we'll we'll dive into that. (laughs) we'll dive into that but no just for the fact okay she went silent she obviously had some type of traumatic experience that caused her to shoot her husband that you know we'll probably get deep into to figure out the mystery behind that I'm gonna assume it wasn't just because you know she hated him this is my assumption I could be wrong but my thing is this, she then turned silent. And the, the fact that she turned silent and went silent, and that to me signified like a trauma response. You know what I mean? Like she just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, like she so she, down. yeah, she completely shut down. She was just like, I'm gone. And she checked out. She was in a different universe. So it made me kind of feel bad for her. See, so I kind of took the silence almost as like, I do feel bad for her. I mean, kind of going back to what I said, I do think (laughs) that if you've ever been in a situation where you have crossed the line and taken a human life, obviously there is either something mentally wrong with you or you were in a horrible situation. So I do Mm -hmm. think that that does kind of lend itself to her as a character being a little more sympathetic. But I kind of took her silence as like this sort of, and maybe this is just my own insanity that I'm like, that's like a <laughs> feminist mic drop. Shot my mm. husband five times, nothing left mm. to say. I got no words left for this world because Ooh. I did it. But See, I, I never thought of it that way, but that actually is a good interpretation of it. You know, I never really thought about it that so that. So I also like immediately when you read her diary, it's like page one of, of the book here. She mm-hmm. says, and I want to quote it. I want to get it right. She mm-hmm. says, once you name something, it stops you seeing the whole of it or why it matters. So Ooh. when she says that, and there's a lot of other things that she says kind of throughout her diary where I'm just like, she's so like introspective and like profound and charismatic. And then yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, she's probably a murderer. So I do think that maybe she's a little sympathetic. I do feel bad for her, but at the same time, I think that it's too early on for me to really like say exactly what it is about her. Now, the other thing that I find interesting with her is that obviously, you know, huge salacious murder. 
it's going to get a ton of press, going to get a ton of attention. Everybody's going to be judging it and having opinions. Do you Mm -hmm. think that her returning to painting before, you know, going to trial or being convicted is indicative of her guilt? Because I, I don't. No, I think that that means anything. I don't either. I I just felt like um, she returned to painting because my thoughts that she was at the Grove. She was kind of, kind of, um, you know, coming out of her alternative world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where she she's she slipped into for like um, survival mode after you know, the shooting or killing her husband and things like that. I felt like she returned to the painting because that's what made her feel more like herself. Yeah. So that was my take on it too. And obviously, you know, she paints the Alcestis, which we'll get into, but mm-hmm. I kind of took it as like, you know, kill your husband, go right to painting because he, this is what you've always done. Like if that is, mm-hmm. it's not only your career, it's your creative outlet. It's how you vent. It's how you feel things. It's how you express yourself. So you as, you know, oh, I'm so guilty because I killed this dude. And now I'm just like back to painting, back to doing <laughs> finger paints. So also, they didn't say she paints with her fingers. I don't know why. I just assumed she's finger painting. Because all the greats finger paint. I don't that know. Is true, yeah. <laughs> Um, but so do I've you ever finger painted, if you know what I mean? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, so I don't even know what I was going to say. So <laughs> we're going to just throw on that note, move on to the next. So, yeah. So then I think that brings us into Theo Faber. If you could not tell by my book summary i am not a fan of theo you know what physically what i picture him being is a young ralph nader actually google young ralph nader because if you've read the book and i know you have but anybody else out there (laughs) listening google young ralph nader Mm -hmm. i really think that theo perfectly fits him i also think that theo is the kind of guy who loves cold play but lies about it Wow, you have strong feelings about Theo. I do, yeah. Yeah, I think he's just a sad douche. I'm not far away from your assessment. Um, I actually don't like him either. I, the thing about him is I don't like that his whole reason for co- going, for, to me, and I could be wrong, you can let me know, but my assessment of him is this whole, whole reason of going to try to help Elisa or Alicia, let me figure out what her name is. AB. <laughs> yes, going to help AB is because he wants fame and accolade for, I, uh, am, I was the one who brought her back to life. I was the one who made her speak again. I helped solve this uh, mystery of why she did what she did. And I just want to get the awards fame and fortune that comes along with it because her her trial and this whole thing that's going on with her is like highly publicized you know so he wants his name written in lights as well yeah, and it's it, about that too 
Yeah. And I feel like he didn't do it in a genuine way. Like I really want to, I feel like I really want to help this lady. I really feel like I can connect with her. I can, even though those are the things that he really said, but initially he's like, this could be groundbreaking. Like this could be, you know, the, the best thing for my career. Yeah, I think his his motives are like very much self-serving. But I think that about a lot of people in general. I feel like we all know people who are like, oh, I just want to help. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You want to yeah. help so that you get the pat on the back or you get some yep. sort of award. And I always say you should work for the cause, not the applause. And it is why I cannot stand Theo. I really didn't like him. Yeah. I don't think that he has pure motives And I'm not saying that he hasn't done anything good because I think Mm -hmm. that he does genuinely in some way have a concern for her. But I think that it always ties back to himself. I I feel like he wants to bring justice to her situation because I I think he believes that she's innocent, right? From I think he does too. Yeah. So I feel like he feels she's innocent and he wants to prove her innocent however the core reason to that is not just to oh I want to you know create an innocent person exactly he wants to be the person in the story who exonerates that innocent person and that's like the like Kim Kardashian getting all these criminals out oh. she's not doing it for them please she's don't bring it. up Kim Kardashian please please he is we're talking the, about books well, he's the, <laughs> the kim kardashian of this novel yes Every exactly novel has one. exactly he he got his uh his degree online in a 12-week course because he had millions of dollars instead of spending <laughs> you know years and years like most lawyers <laughs> studying <laughs> passing the bar you know having to intern and work their way up now I'm going to pay you, you know, $2 million and I'm going to become a lawyer over the weekend. (laughs) You know what I haven't done this month? (laughs) You know, between posing naked, um, you know. guys drink champagne out of my (laughs) ass. And creating a line of body wear. I became a lawyer. (laughs) Anyway. But yeah, you know what? I will stand by that. I'm going to label him the the Kim K of of the psychotherapist world. Yes, I like that. Let's um let's brand that. <laughs> Theo Faber, Kim K of the psychotherapist world. KW therapy. There you go. Don't say that out loud because that'll be the ne- the next thing that she does. <laughs> Well, you know what? If if that happens, then I think that she owes us because we spoke it into existence. Now, I don't oh, yeah. want to hang out with her under any circumstances, but if she wants to toss some money our way, I wouldn't say no. Oh, I, I definitely mean, Are you going to turn no. it down? No. Why would I? No. Yeah. I mean, I don't have that much pride. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what about the character that's not really a character, but is a character, Alcestis? What's your thought? Okay, so first, and I think we may have already talked about this. It was one of the only things, like we really don't talk about the books, but I think Mm -hmm. we might have mentioned this because I felt so stupid that I think it's like segueing from chapter two to three, or maybe it's one to two, where they just like throw, oh, she painted Alcestis and Mm -hmm. it's italicized. So I knew because 
I sometimes know things, that, <laughs> that meant that it's probably an actual thing. And it's it an English sounded, degree. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I Googled it and I'm like, I'm like writing in my book, like all this important shit about Alcestis and the painting mm-hmm. and the story. And then on the very next, like once I'm satisfied and I'm like, man, I know all this stuff now. I am educated. I mm-hmm. read the very next page and they explain everything that I just <laughs> I felt so Right. Dumb. I felt so what, dumb. what page is that? If you, if, do you remember what page um, it is? I, it's like very like, early on. I want to say that, okay, so it's page eight to page nine. So yes. it just says from the end of chapter one, it says she titled it in the bottom left-hand corner of the canvas in light blue Greek lettering, one word, Alcestis. And then yes. underneath Alcestis, there's a huge <laughs> block. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. This is perfect for all my notes. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even think to like go on to the next page because I was so excited. And then I read chapter two, Alcestis is the heroine of the <laughs> <laughs> and right. then I'm sitting here like, and Crystal is a fucking idiot. <laughs> hey, well, listen, no one can deny you the fact that you wanted to research it yourself. You know, some people oh, would applaud that because I'm sure you probably got uh, more in-depth information than, than just that blurb. So, you know, but did you really later, waste time? Yes. Later in the book, <laughs> I forget when that is as I'm reading that I'm like I feel like this is just a slap in the face <laughs> and it's like you are so dumb <laughs> you go above and beyond no no one can take that away from you you know that's time loss but you you, you finish this book you were but, ready okay, so the character that's not really a character I think that we'll have to circle back because I'm pretty sure that it's in the second half that they really tell the story of Alcestis. But I do think that there are some parallels and I almost take it as like a little bit of like Alicia commits to a role. So like she portrays herself as Alcestis and then the silence is just, she's like being a Jared Leto. Like she's method acting that she's Mm -hmm. like, no, this is me. I'm in character. And then You know, it's just end scene. She's just like silent forever because that is the character that she's created for mm-hmm. herself to play, which I also think could be a defense mechanism for herself. Mm-hmm. She's no longer Alicia. She's become Alcestis. I absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. She she definitely conformed to this role. She committed herself to it. And she, th- that takes me back to me saying like she went into like this deep alternate universe you know and the universe was basically her being in that role of Alcestis she was in the role she became the person and that was the world that she lived in so I also however think and without going deep into it yeah don't don't spoil it yeah 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 no spoilers no spoilers spoiling it it will be me Okay, I'll leave that up to you. Um, I also think that she, it, it just, it, it plays off of what I was saying as far as the trauma response. You know what I mean? Like that was where she found like comfort. Yeah, like she yes. Feel safe. So that that definitely um, is what. So we're on the same page with like the importance of that. So yeah. the other like 
thing that like just kind of pops up and this was never explained so i felt less stupid but diomedes (laughs) name of the um like head psychiatrist and the guy that Mm -hmm. runs the grove so i of course i see that name and i'm like in my mind i'm just like that sounds familiar to me Mm -hmm. i just know so many greek (laughs) (laughs) so then i googled that and um, Diomedes was a Greek commander in the Trojan War. That was mm-hmm. as far as I got with that because I refused to do any further research after I was burned by Alcestis. So I think that like there's probably something about him that relates to this character, but I'm not that educated. And as we learned last week, I am not very well read. So oh wow, <laughs> yeah i I think that there might be a connection. So if anybody out there knows like a lot about. I don't, I don't know that this was Greek mythology. This could actually just be Greek history. This is just how uneducated I am on Diomedes. But is there something relating to this character that also plays into like why he was named that? Other than the fact that like he runs it and that was a Greek commander. So obviously like being in charge, he's commanding and he does. So I guess maybe, maybe that was just the, the correlation. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to add on that and say, I did not research this. I didn't really care about him. <laughs> So, yes, if anyone has any thoughts on this character, on this person, let us know. Because I have, other than, you know, he was the commander of the Grove, I really, I really skipped over him as a, like, he wasn't a key player to make me circle back, like, oh my goodness, you know, let me think about him and let me research about this and see if there's a deeper meaning behind his name. Really didn't think about it that hard. You know who I did think about? Elif. Oh, yeah. I was fascinated by her, really. One, okay, so when she first um, stepped onto the character scene, <laughs> was on page 25. And the first thing that he said was, I was interrupted by a sudden bang at the door that was thrown open. (laughs) At first I thought I was seeing things. A giant charged into the room (laughs) holding two jagged wooden spikes which she raised above her head and then threw them at us like spears. And then he also said, he called her a massive patient. So my mind automatically went to like this big, huge behemoth of a woman with like, um, uh, a hairy mole on her face and like just wow. gigantic. No, I really did. And <laughs> I was, I, yeah, like that's what my mind went to. Like he called her, a gi- he said a giant charged into the room and he called her the massive patient, a dark haired Turkish woman in her 40s. You know, I just didn't say that shit to her face though. He oh, no, he was, no he was definitely he scared of her. Sit down, massive patient. No, he was definitely afraid of her. Like, I mean, and he, he, I think in a few times he did say that he was like afraid of her, but he just throughout the book and throughout scenes, he like made her seem like this menacing, like grimacing (laughs) woman. Like she just, and it made me think about this, this bully that I had in high school. Oh my God. <laughs> Tru- truly. That's why you're so focused in on her. She likes yes. drama. So 
in high school, I, I, I was not a popular kid and I wasn't a geek or I'm sorry, like a nerd, non-popular kid or anything. I was just in the middle. No one cared. Existed. Yeah, I just existed in the middle. Me, my friends knew me. I knew I knew some popular kids, you know, and because I was like the girl who was in ninth grade but had eleventh grade courses, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you I were did kind of a nerd. Uh, I don't know if I was a nerd. I just feel like well, that, that's a whole nother story. We'll get into what happened there. <laughs> but so I knew popular kids because I was like uh, ahead uh, in my studies, but I also wasn't like a kid that was like tortured and nerdy and didn't, couldn't hang out with the cool kids and get invited to the parties and stuff. But I was just in the middle. No one really knew me. Still to this day, no one knows me. But anyway. Change that. So I had this girl who hated me because the guy who lived across the street from me was a very popular like um, football player, jock of all jocks, right? They, everyone knew him and he lived across the street. So he would come across the street to my house and hang out with me and my friends. And it, it, it seemed like we were hanging out with the popular dude, but he just lived across the street and was cool. She liked this guy and he was dating a friend of mine. Not not my close friends, but she lived like a few streets over from us. He was dating her, but the bully girl thought he was dating me. So she zoned in on me to like kill me. Right? So she and, like, did an e-lift and broke a, a pool cue in half and speared it at you. But she was like huge. Okay. She was this huge, big girl. And, and when I say huge, big, not like oversized or anything like that, she like fat I'm not talking about like her weight was fat she was this like yes six three like muscles yes like and I was definitely afraid of this girl and my one of my best friends was like why are you always afraid of her don't be afraid and I'm like listen I am a hundred pounds if that soaking wet soaking wet I'm not trying to get murdered <laughs> by this girl and so it, she would like follow me home from school she would try to come to my house like things like that and it I think she just like got into crack or something like that and oh, just willing. <laughs> no, know, seriously. I'm not even joking. <laughs> like she got into like substance abuse and like, you know, forgot about me well, and dropped, dropped out of school and all this good stuff. But, you know, so crack helped save my life. <laughs> hey, sometimes, you know, it's not, it's not always bad. So Elif reminds me of her. So, Elif physically reminds me of like, I had a teacher in high school who was like super nice, but was like a six foot six woman. But then I also, there's a Russian woman at the gym who's like six, four and like jacked, like very muscular. And so I think that in the event of an apocalypse, I would like said Russian gym woman to find me and make sure I survive. But that's the kind of vibe I'm getting from Elif. Like I'm picturing not like, you know, oversized type person. I'm picturing like, like six, three, just jacked, like could take a door off its hinges without even trying. Okay. And could like beat you within an inch of your life without even thinking about it. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I mean, I think we're picturing the same person, just yours is less terrifying. She's like yeah. helping you and mine is torturing me. So. <laughs> <laughs>
have a friendly lift because of her her size. I would want to be on her good side. Another person that like I think that I would want to stay on their good side is Kathy. So I yes. think she's a good foil to Theo. I also really find her to be the most relatable when she's complaining about Theo's marijuana habit. <laughs> we have, I know we have had conversations about this because yes. I have dated the guy who needs mm-hmm. to be high constantly, mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing. It, it could be so innocuous. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, we're going to put laundry from the washer to the dryer. Well, <laughs> I got to get high first. <laughs> what it is. So like, and I'm not anti-marijuana. Definitely think it should be legalized. If you use it, that's cool. I'm just saying I cannot date somebody that does it. It's, it's time consuming. It's annoying and it wears on you. So I stand with Kathy on the daily use issue. I don't care if you smoke. I would never want to be married to someone who has to do it constantly. You want to do it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like I get it. I understand the benefits of it, but like if you have to do it before going to the grocery store to buy a (laughs) tomato, because you thought you had some at home, but you don't have any at home. And now we're fighting about tomatoes, but it's not about tomatoes. And I, I get, I get it, Kathy. I totally get it. You have strong feelings like me with, um, you know, audio books, but (laughs) we'll get into that later. I like Kathy. She she's a wild child. I think she she's a wild soul. And I resonate with that. Um, I don't have the deep feelings about the marijuana usage, maybe because I know too many people that smoke weed. I, I feel if that is going to be your medication of choice, I would prefer that over a lot, pretty much anything else. The, anything else no, to me? I don't me, care about that. What I'm saying is that you have to get high. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to stand up now. Let me get high first. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm going to turn the TV on, but I'm going to have to get high first. Oh, it's breakfast time. I'm going to have to get high before I eat. Maybe puff a little bit while eating. Right. And then once the meal's done, I got to complete the meal. I got to get high. No, I get what you're saying. You are traumatized by obviously a man who was a... absolutely addicted to marijuana we get it <laughs> i think that is what did it for me like again, that, that's I, obviously what did it for marijuana you marijuana is not my audiobook i am not that hard against it i know you saying... are no you're 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 hard against the dude that caused yeah. you know the trauma that is true i'm not anti-marijuana i am anti the man that made me think i could be anti-marijuana yes that's what that's really what it is yeah, because you step out of your vehicle and literally everyone in a five mile radius can smell you that is an issue again i don't have that trauma response <laughs> and that's probably because a marijuana i've been around it and i have seen worse things happen with people who drink drink oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like drink alcohol then I I haven't to me personally I have not come across a situation that has impacted my life because someone was high on weed drugs yes I just told you about the bully <laughs> I mean crack did save my life so I'm glad that happened but she forgot uh, about you. <laughs> yeah she forgot about me you because of that but you know alcohol tell you a thousand stories about you know someone being drunk and, and affected someone in a negative way and 
drugs in general. And, you know, prescription drugs that the doctors give out to you, like it's candy, it's ruining people's lives. Well, but it's true. Yeah. But also, marijuana is ruining our water supply. I, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It, and we can go down a rabbit hole on that, that, but it's ridiculous. So with that being said, like, if you, if you need to smoke marijuana 24 seven to take the edge off and keep yourself, the worst thing you're going to do is get munchies and forget the shit that you're supposed to be doing for the day. Yeah. <laughs> like low- it's the same thing that's like, so I used to be a cigarette smoker, but I quit, mm-hmm. um, which was a very wise decision, especially yeah. financially because it's like $10 a pack, but it's yeah. the same thing. Like I understood as someone who smoked that like, it's annoying that like, Oh, you got to wait. Cause I got to smoke. I, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is annoying. So I understand yeah. it. Like I understand from the other side of it, like, well, what's the big deal? It's not like I'm forcing you to smoke, but yeah, yeah. I mean, all I'm saying is that I get Kathy character. and I get Kathy too, because the thing is this for anything, if you are a person in, and we can take it just for like clean eating. If you eat super clean and you, you know, think everything that goes into your body needs to be like from the earth and per, per you know, perfect, you can have a very, you know, um, horrible response to people that eat mcdonald's every single day and you're like you know why are you eating that crap you know you could feel the same intense feelings because you don't agree with it you feel that you should only be ingesting clean products and that person's eating a burger and it make and you're in love with them now we're not just talking about judging people for doing that if you're judging people for doing whatever they want to do then that's on you however if it's your partner and you're living with them, you're married to them, this is your soulmate. Yeah. And especially That's awesome. also with Kathy, also on Kathy's point, he was doing it behind her back. That's the part that I think probably really was more so annoying to her. Like if he was just going to stand up and say, listen, I smoke weed, take it or you leave it. And, and then she says, okay, you gave me a decision. You gave me a choice. You didn't force, you know, you didn't force me yeah. to say, I have to accept this. You gave me a choice. So if I choose to stay, then you can't, you, I can't say anything about you doing it because you told me who you were, you know, but because he said, oh, I don't do it anymore. But then he also wants to dabble now and then He's knowing that. She, yeah. Well, then that circles back to what we think about him. So now, Another person, since we're talking about spouses, Kathy's Theo spouse, what about Gabriel, the dead guy? (laughs) Sweet dead Gabriel. See, sweet, sweet Gabriel. So my feelings on Gabriel, I, again, I don't have like super, you know, impactful feelings about him. I just think that Alicia put him on like this huge pedestal like he was a god you know what I mean like he was (laughs) Jesus so that is exactly what I put I said we only really meet him through Alicia like at first like we only really get a sense of who he is like really through her but I think that that's so biased and tainted because I mean, I've never been married, but I do think it's possible to love a person too much. Like, she loves this man way too much. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe within your marriage, it's supposed to look like that. 
I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know either. So <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, in all the times that you have talked about your husband, I've never been like, God, she loves that guy way too much. No, I would say you love him adequately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do love him a lot. If we, <laughs> no, very much like a sickening, but, like, yeah, oh God, he's my Christ. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's the part where you start worship. That was it. And it's like, she almost was too, like she worshiped him. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and it was really one thing I will say is they had a dynamic sex life. Like <laughs> the, it, was, no, it was like sex was the thing that kept them together like every five seconds she's like and we had sex and he came home and I was like hey you want to have sex she's like yeah let's have sex and I'm like, like yeah I'm a guy I you could yeah like you know stabbing me in the chest and I would absolutely say yes to that question exactly we could so, have a murderer in our house which her yeah. <laughs> right in the future that'll be you right he I didn't know killing me you didn't do you want to like fuck first though <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Before you shoot me five times, did you want to like bang it out or something? Right. Like, are you cool with that? So I kind of think that Gabriel might be a little bit of an asshole, but she will not ever say anything really negative about him. But a character no. that like the only thing that I thought about him, he is so static the whole way through is Christian. He's mm. such an asshole. Yes. Yes. He doesn't change. He's no development in, in that regard no. but i wonder if that's because like theo hates him so much so is he is christian really that much of an asshole or is it like i mean we've all worked with somebody we don't like and even when they do something right you're not going to be like oh good job no no because you're an asshole you will forever be an asshole and i will never give you credit and we have to think theo is narr narrating this story right. so christian is being seen through theo's eyes <laughs> he could be unnecessarily vilified because maybe maybe i don't know if men do this as much as women i think that women do it a little bit more maybe that's just because like in the office women are more willing to talk about it but like i feel like if there's a woman in the office who's like gorgeous and everybody likes her or seemingly likes her i feel like other women are like really quick to be like what a bitch but i don't <laughs> know do guys do that like if christian's just like some smoking hot dude and you see this smokestack walking around constantly and people just love him. Are you like, man, that guy's such a dick. I, I don't know. That's a good question. Men listening to this podcast, contact you us. You hate hot guys. <laughs> or do they get, do they get jealous? You know what I mean? Are we going to get a guy that's really going to um, like admit that like they get jealous of guys' yeah, looks? Maybe it's not, it. maybe it's not the look so much. Maybe it's his accomplishments maybe christian was like you know better qualified he got all the jobs that theo wanted you know he was moving up the ladder faster than theo wanted. you know so maybe it was from a shallow angle yeah. <laughs> you take it from the woman angle you know that what i mean like that's what we would take like, that's what we would take it we only hate the ones that are prettier than us yes it's true it's absolutely true so you took it from the woman level but maybe from a guy's point of view, maybe it was because of, you know, maybe it was the bravado thing. Like, you know, I need to have the, the, the best and the best job and the best, you know, car that I'm driving and a woman on my arm. So maybe Christian had all of those things and Theo was jealous. So maybe also that's why Theo was pushing so hard to 
um, solve this case, to exonerate Alicia, to make her speak so that he can then be the top dog. So, okay, so you think that all of his motive, it all comes back to his motivations being very self-centered. <laughs> Absolutely. That is the theme with Theo. I don't think that this man is capable of doing anything outside of being uh, self-centered. Like, I think every his whole motives in everything he does is about him. So we are not psychologists. Or no, qualified absolutely not. No. In any way, shape, or form. I don't claim for to be that at all. But no. would you say that maybe he's a narcissist? Yeah. So I had a therapist and she broke down the like clinical definition of a narcissist for, you know, some issues that I was dealing with. Not, she didn't call me a narcissist. No, it was some other, I don't want to, you know. I'm so full of myself. (laughs) No, no, some other people and things, right? So because of that, I kind of have like a clear clinical definition from a therapist. And I think he fits that definition. I would really like to know what, I mean, I'm sure it's a very long in-depth definition of a narcissist. Maybe let's bring it let's up. bring it back around for a second half let's research okay. that just a little bit not deep we're not therapists let's not get serious oh, yeah, but, yeah. I'm not getting my overnight but, degree. I'm not getting my <laughs> KW therapy degree right right you don't have enough money for that anyway but <laughs> I I'm staying afloat here I got student yeah. loans I got car payment Listen, yeah. you, if you're in if you're making bang you do not live with your parents in, in your 30s <laughs> <laughs> right but yeah, so let's let's um, let's touch back on that and and yeah, see that's a good if idea. Yeah, we, we truly like... So the last character I want to bring up really quick is Yuri. What do you? What's your thoughts on Yuri? So the only thing that like, and I know, <laughs> I know that it's not going to perfectly apply, but like just in his characterization, I just I kind of feel bad for him. He's kind of like an always the bridesmaid, never the bride kind of guy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, okay. and like obviously, like he has a wife, or, or he's engaged, whatever. He's been married a few times, whatever. But mm-hmm. or maybe just twice. I don't know. I don't remember. But <laughs> so obviously, he's been the bride. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but that's just the characterization that I get from him. That he's like this sort of like background person that takes care of everything. That he never really gets attention in like a positive light. You know, like he's just. Yeah. He's a background. I mean, literally in the novel, he's a background character. Right? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so, so he was characterized, I guess, perfectly then. He's also very, very, like, dedicated to Alicia. Like, he's, like, her protector. And, oh, like, yeah, he's, like, very dedicated to her, which I wondered why. Like, is it because he's a fan? Like, was he a fan before you know, she came into the Grove. And then when she came into the Grove, he was like, oh, wow, you know, like, I need to be on her security team. (laughs) I just did it. I don't know. I just, you know, I thought that was one thing that sparked my interest about him. Yeah, I didn't really get that connection. But so those are the characters that I I cared about for the most part, or didn't care about. But (laughs) so what are like the common themes that you're picking up so far? I mean, definitely number one common theme was trustworthiness. Do we trust Theo? (laughs) Do we trust, do we trust? Well, obviously we don't trust Theo. Do we trust Alicia? Like, 
do we trust Gabriel? Like, you know, Kathy, like, what are, what is your thoughts on that? So, yeah, even within that, I think there's like a big thing where it's like, um, you know, being unfaithful, like with Kathy, and then obviously like Theo lying about the weed. Mm -hmm. So I think that like, what really sealed the deal for me with like Theo being a liar is that like, mm -hmm. One, he's careless about it. Like, if you're going to smoke a bunch of weed and you don't want your wife to know, don't let your, like, paraphernalia out on the sofa. Yeah. That's yeah. stupid. Were you not exactly. a teenage kid trying to hide your habits from your parents? Well, and let's actually any point cir circle into that. Because we didn't even bring up the fact that the reason why she found out that he was smoking in the, in the house is because he, at that point, found out that she was having an affair. Right. Right. So that was like a pivotal moment. So he actually probably could have just kept along with hiding it from her. But because he went into her computer, he found the Which email. Also, I don't condone that. Yeah, that's true. But wasn't he didn't he go he didn't go into the computer snooping looking for something. I think he went in like left it out, didn't she? Yeah. She and it, out. She, he was going to look up something or whatever. And I believe weed. <laughs> Exactly. He was going to call, he was, he was going to go on weed.com so he can, you know, Uber eats his weed or U Uber weed. Yeah, he's going to get his Uber weed. And he Isn't found how much we know about marijuana. I know. Like how do you think that people are sitting around Googling it? How do you, how do you buy weed these days? I know you don't buy it. Purchase marijuana. <laughs> Where is did it, one go it, to get marijuana? <laughs> Howtobuyweed.com. <laughs> go to you YouTube. Put that in Google. Howtobuyweed.com in your yes. search bar. WWW. <laughs> I'm taking it way back. This is me. Way back when you got to put WWW. <laughs> what was the, it was like AOL keyword. Yeah, exactly. You don't know anything about that. Calm down. Well, I used to see commercials for it. That was before I was allowed on the internet, but I remember seeing commercials for it. You you didn't have to suffer through dial-up and hear that no, awful I sound. No, I did. But you like were 10. a kid. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I'm saying you were a kid. It wasn't part of your life. You know, no, I, mean? I was like... trying to do research papers on meerkats and shit, and I'm you know, waiting. When I was school trying to do research papers, it was called go to the library and open up a... Uh... <laughs> encyclopedia <laughs> yeah no encyclopedia and get some information from there so but um yeah so that that's what I like one of the themes that I thought about yeah I think like the second big one is the madness and mental health um mm -hmm. mostly through Alicia um yeah. she says right away like I think she like kind of signs off her diary no crazy thoughts allowed so I think she really puts it in the forefront from the beginning which I appreciate, like as somebody who mm -hmm. constantly like gives the disclaimer, like I am legitimately insane. Like, mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that from Alicia. Yeah. And I think that if any character is trustworthy, kind of tying back into it, I do. And I, I don't know what it says about me that I trust the murderer. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then she's talking about her mother. Um, I think well, it's, it's yeah. page 59. She starts questioning is madness in my blood, which mm -hmm. Alicia, we yeah. all have our Oof. mother's madness running through our blood. Okay? If you Lord have not made me. it as an adult person and been like, am I turning into my oh, mother? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> then I don't think you're living. 
and you're not doing it right if you're not concerned about that. And I think the other thing is that there's constant references to being borderline. And mm-hmm. every time someone says borderline, I just hear the Madonna song borderline. <laughs> and then what? it takes me, I don't know, it just takes me like, you know, the line borderline feels like I'm going to lose my mind. And then I'm thinking like, that would not fly in 2021. No, no. Hashtag cancel Madonna. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, the 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 mental health aspect of it is very prevalent, obviously, through the whole thing, because it's centered around a uh, mental institution. Yes. Well, a patient in a mental institution with other patients. Let's not um, forget that there's other people there as well. Right. So institutionalized. Yes. And. And it also talks about the grove and the conditions, but, you know, we can get into that another time. But yeah, she brought up like her mother, also her father, you know, her relationship with her. Yeah, that was a big thing, too. So to me, the mental health aspect of it was actually even another character. That's true. You know what I mean? Like that was another character. It's like you kind of without kind of getting deep into it and making it like now it's a self-help book (laughs) but it was it no it right it kind of brought up things that made you say like hmm let me think about my childhood you know what I mean and this could just be me because you know trauma but (laughs) it made me think like well you know, is there things from my trauma, but from my childhood that, you know, maybe my mom would have said, or my dad would have said that tr- is triggering to me in my adult life, you know, and, and you don't think about it in, in that aspect of it, because, you know, there's things that her dad said to her that kind of triggers her <laughs> into. That's definitely the second part. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I but yeah. Up until now, I think the big one is just the focus on. I mean, also, I think that, like, I admire, you know, her commitment to being silent, but Mm -hmm. I do think that is indicative of, like, a very deep-rooted mental health issue. Like, it's not just, like, I took a vow of silence for whatever reason. Right, for my spiritual quest. I murdered my spouse. (laughs) Right, right. I refused to incriminate myself. Now, another theme, too, is and you kind of touched on that is being invisible the silent what do you feel about that you know what I mean like can you elaborate that on that a little bit more than like you were doing so I think that it does sort of tie in throughout the novel Theo mentions like how invisible he feels you know from his wife and I think Alicia brings it up pretty often too like just overall like the the wording and stuff that they choose when they're talking about being invisible and then obviously like the silence, like you don't say anything, like like Theo doesn't say anything to Kathy about her affair, even though like when confronted with it, he easily could. Yeah. He could he, like, oh, I'm smoking pot. Yeah. Well, you're banging other dudes. So Yeah. Yeah. I think we're even. Except actually, I do not think those two things are even <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I think we're even. <laughs> well, you could go bang other dudes. I am I'm gonna just get gonna smoke pot. 
that that's just your feelings about marijuana once again creeping no, in. I said I don't I do not I, know, I, take, I, know. I will take a hard stance. This is gonna be my audiobook. Cheating on your spouse <laughs> is not equal to smoking pot. Thank you. You disclaimer, you got that, you heard that here first. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. I don't care. Come at me for that. But I, <laughs> I really don't think it's the same. All right. Well, I like all of those things. I'm sure we're missing some, you know. So let's open up to our listeners. If you guys think that we missed some things or um, if you picked up the book and, and you read through it for the first half and you think that we missed something, something went over our heads, let us know. Hit us up on IG. We love, love, love to hear from you. We want to connect with everyone. Um, So now I have just a lot of questions and we went through the first half. So let's just go into just some quick things. Um, So what are you thinking? Well, I think we've kind of touched on like a big question that I have. I know I have just answered this, but do you trust the narrator? No, no. Yeah, like I don't trust him at all. Like I... I would say like I low-key hate Theo, but then I'm like, "Mm, no, I really do. I just hate him. I'm not even going to quantify. And then I'm thinking about like, why do I hate him? And I've really narrowed it down. I think it's because he reminds me, if I took every single man that I have ever (laughs) dated and blended them, it would be Theo, which is just, you know, it's 50 shades of Fred Durst. Like, wow, (laughs) that is what it is. You blend them all together and that's what Theo is. So Theo is like, he's like, you really hate Theo. He's the ultimate (laughs) Tinder date. I think him smoking weed just triggered you. I want to know (laughs) who this guy was that hurt you so bad (laughs) with his weed smoking. I know, I know, (laughs) I know (laughs) that. That's the reason why if he, if he didn't smoke weed, if he was just smoking those (laughs) cigarettes throughout. And, and he was also what? sneaking I, the cigarettes. He was sneaking the cigarettes around the grove. So he's just a liar altogether. But if he would have been like, just, you know, sneaking a drink here or there. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have that. <laughs> so if he was a raging alcoholic, you'd be like, you know what? Theo's not that bad. But it was the hey, enter weed. And you're like, I can't do it. Deal with it. Who hasn't come home from work and drank a whole case of Bud Light? <laughs> well, here's another question. Why do you think Alicia portrayed Gabriel as Jesus okay so we did kind of touch on this and I do have very strong feelings on this oh wow so okay so first if I am married to a painter and they don't ever paint me as Christ on the cross I will always wonder if I was good enough so (laughs) I do so you want someone to worship you yes I but actually in all seriousness if I were Gabriel and she says hey sit for this painting and I'm like oh what's the painting and she's like well I'm gonna depict you as Jesus Christ being crucified um I would be a little horrified like you want to paint me being brutally a very brutal way to die that is what you want the only way I would be cool with it is if like if, if she like did it and then captioned it something like kind of funny or ironic, like you portrayed me as Jesus Christ, but then the caption just says like, hail sweet Satan or something like that, then it's fun. So you want her to make satire out of Jesus Christ? <laughs> I want her to blaspheme. 
No, I don't know. I mean, I just think that like then it becomes this is the cult leader in you coming out. (laughs) No, it's because I appreciate irony. So I would think that it's funny then. Like if you can soften it and you make it funny, then I'm cool with it. But I would not be okay with just sitting there and then you know, when she's finished being like, wow, you did a really good job of crucifying me. I would not think that's okay. But I think that she does it. One, I think like, obviously he doesn't know this, but it is a little foreshadowing that like, because he does die a very brutal death. He doesn't Mm. see that coming. But I think that it's because she sees him as her savior. That like, yeah. And it kind of ties into it, like the end theme, like if you know anything about the Christian story of Jesus has to die for your sins, I feel like in a, a kind of a roundabout way, is she doing it to be like, well, he has to die for me to, to live or to survive, which I think right. we don't really get an answer on that. But that was just my really strong thoughts on it that I think that Gabriel's a little, little insane for just sitting there like, oh, he almost done killing me via photo <laughs> well that is um an opinion and um yeah I mean I, I agree it's, no that's okay I agree though with like she she really really overdid it with that and and I think also just some um dialogue that Gabriel had in there I think he even said like it was a little too much or like he didn't or Alicia was in her diary was talking about like he kind of didn't want to sit for it but you know yeah he was apprehensive about it exactly so you know he probably was like "Eh, this is a little weird but whatever you know what I mean so like make a pretty cool funny caption and then I can like tell all my friends and it'll be funny (laughs) right exactly um do you think Alicia is innocent no I don't think she's innocent. However, I think that because she is so obsessed with him that he pushed her, like she snapped. You know what I mean? Like maybe he, you know, didn't sit for the picture. (laughs) You know, musical, he had it coming. Yeah, exactly. Like something, you know, I feel like there's more depth there like something that we're missing but I don't think that she's innocent I feel like it something traumatic happened see I do think she's innocent yeah at this yeah I mean because up until this point all we see I guess and it is kind of like just from her diaries and um like Theo's perspective and I think he kind of reveres Alicia a little bit so maybe it's just again like him you know tainting the viewpoint but I don't know. She just doesn't seem like the type of person who could cross that line as, I mean, as of yet, you know, that I just don't, I just don't see it. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll have to continue to read and find out, you know, so that'll take us into part two of the silent patient where we will discuss what happened. So, yeah, I think that that'll be, so chapter 25, to the end is what we'll finish with. I'm excited because I'll be able to spoil the ending. But I guess before that, before I spoil the ending for everyone, do you want to circle back to <laughs> make an addendum to? Yeah. Yes. Some of so the, some of the feedback that you got for your 
Yes. So last week was our premiere episode. Thank you everyone who listened, who followed, who got in contact with us. We really appreciate the support and just continue um, to follow us and we thank you for everything. However, I did get a few (laughs) comments about my audio book rants. So I just want to make a clarification or a little addendum to it. I do, I'm not saying that I don't like people that listen to audiobooks. I don't want that to be like the statement or that I feel like, you know, people should never, ever listen to an audiobook. One, I said, I don't feel, I do not think that you should ever listen to a fiction audiobook. That's just my, that's just me. Yes. Up for that. So I, that I, I stand by that and I'm still standing by that. I, I understand listening to like a self-help, even a memoir, like someone's life, because it's like a lecture. It's like someone talking to you. It's like someone, you know, just having a conversation and you're just ingesting information. I, I get that aspect of it, right? Here's my problem is when people on Goodreads or their, you know, bookstagram or things like that. And they're like, I've read 70 books this in just the month of August. And then they list all of the audiobooks that they've read. You've read zero books, ma'am. I'm sorry. You've read, <laughs> you've read zero books if they're all listed as audiobooks. Do not count that on your list of books that you read. Have you listened to 70 audiobooks? Yes. Have you ingested? Have you learned? Have you, you know, got the information from the audiobook? Yes. I'm not saying that that is not a way for you to get content. We There's many ways. Stop saying that you've read the book. That's my problem. <laughs> Yeah, I did not have that hard of an opinion on audiobooks. I don't, you know, I don't want to listen to them, but that's just because I like to, I like to read. But the only thing I did research since last week was uh, when I mentioned the children of God, because I do, (laughs) I'm very cautious about offending people. I don't like to offend people. I like to say really dumb stuff. That's funny. I I don't want to offend people. So yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. So what I learned is that because I was thinking like, you know, there's different sects of like Christianity, especially like within uh, Mormonism and um, just other little things where like they break off and they do form cults. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if Children of God was one of those things where like Children of God was a main thing and then it broke off to what is called the family. It's not Children Mm -hmm. of God, hardline, exclusively a cult. And that's the level of cult that I'm trying to get. (laughs) Bring myself hard line. When you enter, you know, this is a cult. You know what you're getting. Yeah. What you see is what you get. You signed up for a cult. You got a cult. This is not a religion. This is worshiping me, letting me speak for just hours at a time. Maybe I'll even let you paint me as crucified. (laughs) Okay. All right. So we think that's all the addendums that we have for. Yeah. But hey, listen, I like it. This is what we ask for. Open that dialect. Contact us through DM. We love it. Just say what you have to say. At the end of the day, we're not trying to offend anyone. We're we're two harmless like geekazoids that you know we want to read some books. We want to talk about it. And sometimes we say stupid shit that doesn't mean anything to anyone. (laughs) Most of what I say means absolutely nothing. I have mastered the art of speaking to speak, and it gets nowhere. So I mean, don't take anything seriously. We certainly don't. (laughs) 
So, I mean, I'm really excited for next time when we can talk about the ending because I really loved this book. So I am excited to get through it with everybody. Hopefully everybody that's listening has an opportunity to actually finish it. Um, But you should. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm giving you ample time. Yeah, We read it in like a day because Ayana was at the beach and I was unemployed (laughs) for a week. So I had nothing else to do. Right. Absolutely. Vacation, unemployment, you know, I mean, get on our level, really. (laughs) Do it in a day. Exactly. Exactly. You know, thank you all so much for joining us. The love and support do not go unnoticed. We really do appreciate all of you who've reached out, liked, followed, subscribed, and even just sent some positive vibes. And we do really love to hear from you, even if it's to attack a honest stance on audiobooks. <laughs> we really do enjoy that feedback because I think that's what we've always wanted. We want to open up the conversation. Yeah. And like I said last week, you know, change our minds, you know, yeah. make a solid point. Like I think both of us are, well, I don't want to say rational. I don't want to take it that far, but I would say <laughs> that we are open to feedback. And I think Absolutely. that I, I think we're both pretty open-minded. Like if you tell me, you know, X, Y, and Z is why an audiobook is, you know, superior. Uh, maybe that one I won't concede on. But, but you could make a point that perhaps I would concede on something else. So, yes. Yeah, I think we would. And that's what we want to do. We want to open up that dialogue. So, um, send us your questions or comments or anything about The Silent Patient by Alex Nicolides. We're going to finish it, like I said, next week. So, you can even send us suggestions for the next books that we're going to do. Um, yes. You can email those suggestions or any comments or any questions to the ACBC podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at ACBC podcast. We are available on Spotify and most streaming services. So make sure you like, follow and subscribe. Um, now, like I said, we are looking for suggestions for our next books. We have already picked out September's read. Um, and that's going to be The Other Black Girl by Zakia Delila Harris. So can't wait on that. Can't wait. Can't wait. I have not started that one yet. So I'm pretty excited. So yeah, I guess that's all we have all for right. you this week. So hopefully we'll hear from you and we will see you August 22nd. Bye.